Hello and welcome to Fuffawib, the podcast where we talk about gaming, technology, and entertainment. I'm your host, Quantico, and today we have a very interesting topic, how video games monetize and persuade players to spend money. We all love video games, right? They are fun, immersive, and engaging. They can also be very addictive and sometimes very expensive. Have you ever wondered why you feel the urge to buy that extra loot box, that special skin, or that premium subscription? How do video games manipulate your psychology and emotions to make you spend more than you planned? In this episode, we will explore some of the techniques and strategies that video game developers use to monetize their games and influence your behavior. We will also discuss how you can be more aware and conscious of your spending habits and avoid falling into the traps of compulsive gaming. But before we dive into the topic, let me remind you that you can support this podcast by subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media and join our Discord server, where you can chat with other listeners and share your opinions and feedback. Thank you for your support. Now, let's talk about video game monetization. What does it mean and why is it important? Monetization in games refers to earning revenue from games, often through in-game purchases, ads, or subscription models. It is a delicate balance that involves providing valuable content to players while encouraging them to spend on optional in-game items. To unlock the potential of monetization, game developers must understand player psychology and motivations. By aligning monetization strategies with player preferences, developers can create a win-win situation for players and themselves. There are many models of monetization in video games, and no one-size-fits-all approach exists. Some of the most common ones are Pay-to-download model the pay-to-download model, also known as the premium or pay-to-play model, involves players paying an upfront fee to download and access the game. In this model, developers typically set a fixed price for the game, and once players make the payment, they gain full access to all the game's content and features. No additional in-game purchases are required to progress or enjoy the game entirely. This model is often used for high-quality games with a strong brand recognition and loyal fan base, such as the Grand Theft Auto, The Witcher, or Call of Duty series. Free-to-play model. The free-to-play model has gained immense popularity recently, particularly in mobile and online gaming. In this model, the game is free, allowing anyone to download and play without any initial cost. However, developers generate revenue by providing various in-app purchases, IAPs, or virtual goods within the game. These can include cosmetic items, power-ups, in-game currency, or other enhancements players can buy to enhance their gaming experience. This model is often used for casual, social, or competitive games that rely on network effects and viral marketing, such as Candy Crush, Fortnite, or League of Legends. Pay-to-win model. The pay-to-win model is a controversial monetization approach that has garnered criticism from players and gaming communities. In pay-to-win games, 
players can purchase in-game items, upgrades, or advantages that significantly impact gameplay, giving them a distinct advantage over those who choose not to spend money. This model can create an imbalanced and unfair gaming environment as players who invest money can progress faster, defeat opponents more efficiently, or access exclusive content that non-paying players can't. Pay-to-win models are often seen as paying for success, frustrating players who prefer skill-based challenges and a level playing field. This model is often used for games that target a niche or hardcore audience that is willing to pay for a competitive edge, such as Clash of Clans, FIFA Ultimate Team, or Star Wars Battlefront 2. These are just some of the examples of how video games can monetize their products and services. There are many other ways, such as advertising, sponsorship, merchandising, crowdfunding, or licensing. The choice of monetization model depends on many factors, such as the type, genre, quality, and target audience of the game, as well as the market trends, consumer behavior, and legal regulations. But how do these monetization models affect the players and their decisions? How do they persuade them to spend money on things that are not essential for the game? What are the psychological mechanisms behind these techniques? And how can players be more aware and conscious of their spending habits and avoid falling into the traps of compulsive gaming? To answer these questions, we need to look at some of the theories and concepts from behavioral economics, psychology, and neuroscience that explain how humans make decisions and how they can be influenced by external factors. In the next segment, we will explore some of these concepts and see how they apply to video game monetization. Before we delve into the fascinating world of behavioral economics, psychology, and neuroscience, let's take a moment to enjoy a short musical interlude. When we return, we'll explore these concepts and their application to video game monetization. Stay tuned.
Welcome back to Fuffleweb, the podcast where we talk about gaming, technology, and entertainment. I'm your host, Quantico, and today we are discussing how video games monetize and persuade players to spend money. In the previous segment, we introduced some of the common models of monetization in video games, such as pay-to-download, free-to-play, and pay-to-win. In this segment, we will explore some of the psychological concepts and principles that explain how these models influence player behavior and decision-making. One of the most important concepts to understand is the value proposition. The value proposition is the perceived benefit or satisfaction that a player expects to receive from a game or a purchase within a game. It is the answer to the question, why should I play this game or buy this item? The value proposition can be influenced by many factors, such as the quality, design, genre, and reputation of the game, as well as the personal preferences, motivations, and goals of the player. Different monetization models offer different value propositions to players. For example, pay-to-download games offer a high-value proposition up front, as players pay for a complete and polished game that they can enjoy without any interruptions or limitations. However, they also face a high barrier to entry, as players need to make a commitment and investment before they can access the game. Free-to-play games, on the other hand, offer a low-value proposition up front as players can download and play the game for free without any risk or obligation. However, they also face a low barrier to entry as players can easily switch to another game if they are not satisfied or engaged. Pay-to-win games offer a mixed-value proposition as players can play the game for free but also have the option to pay for additional benefits or advantages that can enhance their gameplay or performance. However, they also face a trade-off between fairness and competitiveness as players who pay more can gain an edge over those who don't. The value proposition is not static, but dynamic. It can change over time, depending on the player's experience, feedback, and expectations. For example, a player who initially enjoys a free-to-play game may lose interest or satisfaction if the game becomes too repetitive, boring, or frustrating. Alternatively, a player who initially dislikes a pay-to-download game may gain interest or satisfaction if the game offers new content, updates, or challenges. The value proposition can also vary across different segments of players, depending on their demographics, psychographics, and behaviors. For example, a casual player may value a game that is easy, fun, and social, while a hardcore player may value a game that is challenging, immersive, and competitive. To optimize the value proposition, game developers need to understand their target audience and their needs and wants. They also need to design their games and monetization strategies in a way that aligns with the value proposition and creates a positive feedback loop. A positive feedback loop is a process that reinforces itself through a cycle of actions and outcomes that increase the value proposition and the player's engagement and loyalty. For example, a game that offers a rewarding and satisfying gameplay experience can increase the player's enjoyment and motivation, which can lead to more playtime and spending, which can lead to more rewards and satisfaction, and so on. However, creating a positive feedback loop is not enough. Game developers also need to avoid creating a negative feedback loop, 
which is a process that undermines itself through a cycle of actions and outcomes that decrease the value proposition and the player's engagement and loyalty. For example, a game that offers a frustrating and unfair gameplay experience can decrease the player's enjoyment and motivation, which can lead to less playtime and spending, which can lead to less rewards and satisfaction, and so on. One of the ways that game developers can create a positive feedback loop and avoid a negative feedback loop is by applying the principles of gamification. Gamification is the use of game elements and mechanics in non-game contexts to motivate and engage users. Gamification can enhance the value proposition of a game or a purchase within a game by making it more fun, meaningful, and rewarding. Some of the common game elements and mechanics that can be used for gamification are Goals. Goals are the desired outcomes or achievements that a player pursues in a game. Goals can provide direction, focus, and challenge to the player, as well as a sense of progress and accomplishment. Goals can be intrinsic or extrinsic, depending on whether they are driven by the player's own interest or by an external reward. Goals can also be short-term or long-term, depending on whether they are achievable within a single session or over multiple sessions. Feedback is the information or response that a player receives from a game or a purchase within a game. Feedback can provide guidance, reinforcement, and recognition to the player, as well as a sense of competence and mastery. Feedback can be positive or negative, depending on whether it confirms or contradicts the player's expectations or actions. Feedback can also be immediate or delayed, depending on whether it occurs right after or sometime after the player's actions. Rewards are the incentives or benefits that a player receives from a game or a purchase within a game. Rewards can provide motivation, satisfaction, and gratification to the player, as well as a sense of value and worth. Rewards can be tangible or intangible, depending on whether they are material or psychological. Rewards can also be fixed or variable, depending on whether they are predictable or random. Challenges are the difficulties or obstacles that a player faces in a game. Challenges can provide stimulation, excitement, and curiosity to the player, as well as a sense of challenge and skill. Challenges can be adaptive or static, depending on whether they adjust to the player's level or remain constant. Challenges can also be competitive or cooperative, depending on whether they involve other players or not. Social is the interaction or connection that a player has with other players or the game community. Social can provide support, belonging, and identity to the player, as well as a sense of social and cultural capital. Social can be synchronous or asynchronous, depending on whether it occurs in real time or not. Social can also be collaborative or competitive, depending on whether it involves cooperation or competition with other players. These are just some of the examples of how gamification can enhance the value proposition of a game or a purchase within a game. There are many other game elements and mechanics that can be used for gamification, such as avatars, badges, leaderboards, levels, quests, stories, and so on. The choice of gamification elements and mechanics depends on the type, genre, and target audience of the game, as well as the desired outcomes and behaviors of the players. 
However, gamification is not a magic bullet that can guarantee success or satisfaction. Gamification can also have negative effects or consequences, such as addiction, manipulation, or exploitation. To avoid these pitfalls, game developers need to use gamification ethically and responsibly and respect the player's autonomy, consent, and well-being. They also need to monitor and evaluate the impact and effectiveness of gamification and adjust or improve their strategies accordingly. As we wrap up our discussion on the powerful tool of gamification, let's take a moment to reflect. Enjoy a brief musical interlude while we consider the ethical responsibilities of game developers and the importance of safeguarding players' well-being. When we return, we'll continue exploring the world of video game monetization. Stay with us!
Welcome back to Fuffleweb, the podcast where we talk about gaming, technology, and entertainment. I'm your host, Quantico, and today we are discussing how video games monetize and persuade players to spend money. In the previous segments, we introduced some of the common models of monetization in video games, such as pay-to-download, free-to-play, and pay-to-win, and we explored some of the psychological concepts and principles that explain how these models influence player behavior and decision-making, such as value proposition, feedback loop, and gamification. In this segment, we will look at some of the specific techniques and tactics that video game developers use to monetize their games and persuade players to spend money. These techniques and tactics are based on the application of the psychological concepts and principles we discussed earlier, as well as the understanding of the player's cognitive biases and heuristics. Cognitive biases and heuristics are mental shortcuts or errors that humans use to simplify and speed up their decision-making, often at the cost of accuracy or rationality. By exploiting these cognitive biases and heuristics, video game developers can manipulate the player's perception, emotion, and behavior, and increase their likelihood of spending money. Some of the common cognitive biases and heuristics that video game developers use to monetize their games and persuade players to spend money are Anchoring Effect The anchoring effect is the tendency to rely too much on the first piece of information offered when making decisions. For example, if a game offers a bundle of items for $9.99 and then shows another bundle of items for $4.99, the player may perceive the second bundle as a bargain, even if the items are not worth that much. The game uses the first bundle as an anchor to influence the player's judgment of the second bundle. Availability Heuristic the availability heuristic is the tendency to estimate the likelihood of events based on how easily they come to mind. For example, if a game shows a pop-up message that says only 10% of players have this item, buy it now. The player may think that the item is rare and valuable, even if it is not. The game uses the availability heuristic to create a sense of scarcity and urgency for the item. Confirmation Bias the confirmation bias is the tendency to search for, interpret, favor, and recall information that confirms one's pre-existing beliefs or hypotheses. For example, if a player believes that a certain item or strategy is effective in a game, they may ignore or dismiss any evidence that contradicts their belief and focus on any evidence that supports their belief. The game uses the confirmation bias to reinforce the player's confidence and satisfaction with their purchase or decision. Endowment Effect The endowment effect is the tendency to value something more once one owns it or has invested in it. For example, if a player has spent a lot of time, money, or effort on a game or character, they may feel attached to it and reluctant to abandon it. The game uses the endowment effect to create a sense of ownership and loyalty for the game or the character. Framing Effect the framing effect is the tendency to react differently to a choice depending on how it is presented. 
For example, if a game offers a choice between paying $1.99 for an item or watching a 30-second ad for the same item, the player may prefer the latter option, even if the value of their time is higher than $1.99. The game uses the framing effect to make the player perceive the ad as a better deal than the payment. Loss Aversion Loss aversion is the tendency to prefer avoiding losses to acquiring equivalent gains. For example, if a game offers a limited time offer or a daily reward, the player may feel compelled to take advantage of it, even if they don't need it or want it. The game uses loss aversion to create a fear of missing out, FOMO, for the player. Reciprocity Reciprocity is the tendency to respond to a positive action with another positive action. For example, if a game gives a player a free gift or a bonus, the player may feel obliged to return the favor, such as by making a purchase or leaving a positive review. The game uses reciprocity to create a sense of gratitude and obligation for the player. Social Proof Social proof is the tendency to follow the behavior of others, especially when uncertain or unsure. For example, if a game shows a player the number of other players who have bought or liked an item, the player may be more likely to buy or like it too. The game uses social proof to create a sense of popularity and validation for the item. These are just some of the examples of how video game developers use cognitive biases and heuristics to monetize their games and persuade players to spend money. There are many other cognitive biases and heuristics that can be used for this purpose, such as the decoy effect, the halo effect, the sunk cost fallacy, and so on. The choice of cognitive biases and heuristics depends on the type, genre, and target audience of the game, as well as the desired outcomes and behaviors of the players. However, using cognitive biases and heuristics to monetize games and persuade players to spend money is not always ethical or beneficial. Cognitive biases and heuristics can also have negative effects or consequences, such as deception, coercion, or exploitation. To avoid these pitfalls, game developers need to use cognitive biases and heuristics ethically and responsibly and respect the player's autonomy, consent, and well-being. They also need to monitor and evaluate the impact and effectiveness of cognitive biases and heuristics and adjust or improve their strategies accordingly. And that's it for today's episode of Fuffleweb. I hope you learned something new and interesting about video game monetization and persuasion. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media and join our Discord server, where you can chat with other listeners and share your opinions and feedback. Thank you for your support. This is Quantico, signing off. Until next time, keep gaming and keep learning.